Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. and gentlemen i am your host blake ruffino this is are you serious sports we hope that you guys are making it a good one we know that we are as well um boy i'm glad we're doing the ruffino's rants tonight because fire robert staples says gerard uh josh forbes says that Caden durham decommitted from a&m I think you mean Draylon Miller. Uh, said so you know where home is at. Josh, what do you mean? Uh, Steven Young says Steeples doesn't play DB. You have to, you have who you have at this point. Got to recruit better DBs. Um, yeah, just some more comments about recruiting glad we're here glad you are with us uh we will talk a little recruiting calm calm as mel gibson said and braveheart hold pause but hold because there are things working behind the scenes that not everybody knows about and if LSU from now until January is able to pull some of these things off, they're going to be right back where they were. Guys, two days ago, they were number six class. I know that Andre Evans flipped. Calm. I promise you. We'll talk about that a little bit uh, here tonight. But we are guesting up double time here. We go out and talk about the Army Black Knights. Now, did y'all see the uh, end zone? The LSU is doing the camo end zone. No, you didn't see it because it's camo. Ha <laughs> ha. What about that dad joke? Um, what a hell of an uh, what a hell of a uh, a program you have that will do something like that to honor these young men uh, doing that the camo stuff in the end zone. Who knows what else they have in store? Uh, but class act. But Sal enter Don, enter Donato. Joins us. Sal Interdonato joins us at 7.30. He will talk a little of the Black Knights and Army. What can we expect? They have a quarterback that's been injured. Are they expecting him back? How are things going up there at West Point? We'll talk to Sal about that. John Hendricks, we'll talk a little Saints. It, 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 I, I've had If I've had one request, I've had a million for John to join us, he'll be with us at 7.50. We'll go around college football there at the end. So a lot to discuss. Going to be really fun. We don't normally do double guesting uh, on shows, but I think it was warranted. We had a lot of people asking for John to be here, and we always go and get a guest from the opposing team. So it's going to be fun. I guess no guests next week because we're in a bye week. We'll figure something out. We will figure something out. So, massive show in store for you here tonight. Ah! Kevin says, watching 
from the 985er Raceland. 985 is in the building. Yes, where are you watching from tonight? Where are you watching the show from? Are you in the 985, the 225, the 504, the 337, the 318, or are you not in the state? We got a lot of people that are from Louisiana that aren't, you know, don't live here anymore. Gotta love it, man. You gotta love it. Eric says, watching from the Berg tonight, 614 Columbus, Ohio says Aaron Foy. And it looks like Aaron is wearing some military gear in his, in his photo here. Thank you for your service, uh, Mr. Roy. Thank you so much. Um, thank you so much uh, for your service. David Woodward, Woodard, excuse me, says, I need to see more out of the DBs coach. Let's say we see let's say we see some blue chip DBs, but can they be coached up to be shut down corners? Yeah, I, I'm with you. Bart Smokey's in the house. Our good friend Bart Smokey. Alexandria, the 318, 3-1 great. Steven Young says the 256 as usual. The 956, says Blake. Brownsville, Texas. Okay. Okay. Memphis is in the house. Oh, look, Cody already sent a super chat. Look at you, Cody. He wants this question answered. <laughs> What's up, man? Says, quick question, Blake. Is it true that the boosters are trying to buy out Jimbo's contract because of him losing recruits and not winning conference games? Uh, he now has the same record as Kevin Sullivan. If I'm not mistaken, he's one game below Kevin Sullivan. Uh, Sullivan. Uh, uh, here's what I've heard. Okay. Um, thank you so much for the super chat too, Cody. Uh, every time you guys send super chats helps the show greatly. Thank y'all so much for doing that. Um, <sighs> I don't think that they are firing or will f- are firing Jimbo because Draylon Miller decommitted and this guy, this guy, this guy, they didn't get. No, I don't think it's a recruiting thing because they'll go spend money with anybody to get recruits. A&M and Jimbo's biggest problem is he's not winning football games. I, if they would have won last Saturday against Tennessee, they feel a lot better about who they are. You know, hey, man, we lost to Miami. We lost to Tennessee. Okay, well, maybe we sh- we're still on track for a 93 year. They're not on track for that now. Not the way that they look. This all comes to winning and losing games. The biggest hurdle is, and, and, and look, I, this affects LSU because of the two other, three other kids that you're recruiting on A&M's cl- uh, 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 in A&M's class right now. $75 million is $75 million. Can they reduce it if they want to fire him? I'm sure they can come to a negotiation of some sort. But it's not just firing Jimbo. You have to fire the entire staff. Okay? Let's say that they agree to, to $60 million. Okay? Let's say firing the staff and the buyouts is, let's just say, another $8 million. You're at $68 million. Support staff, another five to seven million. So you're back right up to 70 million, 75 million in a heartbeat. By the way, if there's a coach worth a damn, like any coach out there worth a damn, you're going to have to go pay their buyout. Like, let's say that for whatever reason, AM wanted to go after Dan Lanning. What's Dan Lanning's buyout? So $100 million is still a lot of money. <laughs> like it's not a cash that you get to or have to write. You don't even have to contribute to it. So with the portal, the way that it is, the way the recruiting, the way that it is, are you sure that your coach can come in right away and win? Cause no, he probably couldn't. Cause I can name probably five kids that would immediately be purged. Evan Stewart, Jacoby Matthews, others, that would come easily be purged. So, 
I'm not saying they shouldn't fire Jimbo because I, if I'm an A&M fan, I am calling for him to be fired, yes. But I, I don't know. I don't know. It's not my it's not my money to cash out. So you're a hundred you're a hundred million dollars into this, whether you like it or not. And we're not talking about new staff salary. We're not talking about the new head coach's salary. And if he's worth a damn, let's just say he's worth a damn. Okay, let's just say they can pull. I don't know who a Brian Kelly would be, right? Like I don't know if they could get something like that. But I mean, Brian Kelly's making nine and a half. And guys, in next year, after next year. They're going to be in discussions already for a contract extension because of recruiting. I, I, it's how it works. Maybe not. They'll be in negotiations. There won't be one next year. But year four, when you're four years into this, I mean, you're not that far away from getting into contract discussions with, with Brian Kelly again. So we'll see. We will see. Uh, Alex Daigle says, let them have BK. Okay. Okay, Alex, then who do you go get? Please tell me of a coach right now that you would go get, not named Brian Kelly, I dare you. That is, guys, y'all are, because a kid decommitted. Because, guys, it, it, because a kid decommitted. Dude, y'all got to chill with that. Y'all got to chill with that. Or not maybe y'all, but some of you. Eric Wright says, $60 million. Who you think you kidnapped? Chelsea Clinton? <laughs> All right, you want $15 million in 20s. You want $10 million in 10s. You want any fives with that? What a great movie. What a great movie. Chris Carter, when he still had a uh, – what would you call – I mean, that he didn't have a high top, but, you know, he had a – he had a medium – he had a medium cut when he still had hair. And before he cur- – during then, he was still cursing. Don't act like that. I didn't see your post. You could have interviewed me. I'm Army Black. (laughs) Uh, That's why I'm so glad that like 3,000 of you that listen to the show every night on the audio won't know what Pooh Bear just said because I didn't read the whole comment. (laughs) Yes, Pooh was in the Army too. How do you like that, uh, Pooh Bear? How do you like the end zone? I think it's awesome. Oh, and by the way, can we stop with the Corey Raymond back coming back thing? If he comes back, he comes back. Clint Phillips says, from the parish, St. Bernard, says, with Texas playing so good, it really makes the A&M fans want Jimbo gone. Well, they should. They should want him. He had the, this is the third time I've seen Boosie fade. I don't know. Chris Carter ain't ever, Chris Tucker ain't never had no Boosie fade, huh? I don't think he ever had no... Y'all need to go Google what Boosie Fade is. Uh, Leslie won from the, with the I formation. Sure. Leslie also had a career record of going 9-3 and three every year. And you also wanted him fired, too, because he wouldn't adapt offensively. Guys, y'all are, y'all are freaking like what? What's this thing about Brian Kelly? Like, and y'all wanting to fire him all of a sudden? Like, what the fuck? Pooh, th- this beats everything that I've ever seen. I- I'm serious. Th- th- this beats everything that I've. I-, I did not expect tonight to come in the show and comments blaring down the freaking show. Paper pop. Okay, that y- y'all want him going for what? What the? What are you talking about? Bro, if you think he should be gone, stop commenting. Because the truth is, he's going to play Army, probably going to win, and he's going to have a bye week, and then he goes into playing Alabama again for the West. Guys, Ole Miss is going to lose two games. 
They're sure shit going to lose to Georgia. Come on, man. Paul Escott, my good buddy, says prime time to a and uh, Or ironic, excuse me, how Jimbo was mad at Les for meddling in his play calling versus Auburn. Now Jimbo's the one meddling with Bobby P. I don't think Dion can go, Paul. I don't think he'd leave Travis Hunter and Shadur because they don't think they can transfer. But if they can hang on for another year, they could go get him. I think. So we'll see. But here's the here's the thing though. Who who knows if 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 uh Travis Hunter can't transfer? Because Tess Walker, even though I was behind Tess, Tess Walker from one. And then guys, JT Daniels is only 78 team. Like, I don't know. Somebody at Rice paid somebody off. I'm gonna tell you that right now. I'm going to tell you that right now. Willie King says, stay off the weed. I agree. Even though it's so good. Hashtag Willie Nelson. All right. We got a lot to. (laughs) We got a lot to discuss. We got a lot to talk about. Everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Should all of those social media groups, should all those social media pages. If you're listening to us on YouTube, watching us on YouTube. Like, subscribe, notification bell. We do, I do, I look at the analytics every Wednesday. Did you know over 100,000 views and 50% of you that are watching are not subscribed? What are we doing? What are we doing? Do us a favor, hit the like, hit the subscribe, hit the notification bell for us. Wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe, I've told you guys another place. Just do us a favor, hit the five-star button. Hit that five-star button. It helps us out, though, in all seriousness, every time y'all do that. If you're watching us on Fubo TV, welcome, welcome, welcome. Let's talk about our good friends over at Bet Online. Let's talk about our good friend Tyler Alexander over at EXP Realty. Rafino's Ranch, you want to talk a little recruiting? I'll give you the floor, but why not to freak out because Brian of what Brian Kelly has already shown you? We talk about that now. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. He will sell your house and find you a new. Well, Tyler's the man, he's here. For you. If you want to buy or sell, well, it's not too late. Dial 955-0008. Just call 955-0008. Y'all call Tyler. He'll shoot you straight. We're back. Very quickly, I don't really want to waste a lot of time on this, but I am going to say it. Andre Evans decommitted from LSU today, technically just flipped, and flipped to the Georgia Bulldogs. Kid from Tennessee came down to LSU to camp. LSU offered. He committed about a week later. LSU was high on him when he had camped. Had been a commitment since the summer. Flips today. And I and look, I understand the want to freak out. Okay? I get it. But I also saw a lot of you yesterday freaking out that JoJo Stone decommitted. And then when you saw Draylon Miller at AM decommitted, you're like, oh well, he was just at LSU. So were guys like Terry Bussey. I digress. 
It's never great when you have a recruit not only flip from your team, but go to the go to a team that you will more than likely have to face off if you do get to an SEC championship game. That stings. But I'm going to tell you something. That people that live in the moment, I guess, don't remember. Technically, Brian Kelly has already had two signing classes. The first one was the Will Campbell class. And this past year's class with guys like Caleb Jackson, Toviano, Lansard, etc. Brian Kelly was still the head coach. When that class, that first top five class, he was technically the guy that was the head coach during then. I get it. Blake, you can't do that. That class is pretty much locked down. Whatever. But what I can do is last year, he had another top five class. A lot of big-time freshmen in that class that I think that are going to play and be really good. Lance Hurd is the one that I do believe has shown the most impact because of the position he plays because look if Caleb Jackson didn't play you still have a really running back good running back core if Emory Jones goes down you could have had an issue at right tackle Lance Hurd comes in LSU when they got the commitment from CJ Jackson the edge rusher from Georgia just outside Atlanta and Tucker LSU moved all the way up to number six and everybody's like yeah here comes BK BK can recruit, baby. We just had Bryce Underwood on campus, Corey Moore, and Blake, you know what? I know you did his commitment video. I know you were there doing live streaming it, but they were in the house. You heard me. Then Andre Evans decommits. JoJo Stone decommits. Oh, my God, what's happening? Calm. Right now, there are a lot of things going on behind the scenes that have not been reported on. Maybe the little whispers have not been hitting the airways or Twitter or whatever. It stings with Evans because your DB unit hasn't played very well. And I get that. Doesn't mean that Brian Kelly... And at least in his time at LSU, has not shown that when something is broken, that he is not going to do what he needs to do and do every single thing that he needs to do to get it fixed. Let me explain. What were the issues for LSU last year? Special teams. Thank you for answering. Brian Kelly got hands on there. And when he got hands-on, now this year, guys, special teams-wise, you've been pretty freaking good. You had one muff punt. You missed a 49-yard field goal. Okay. You missed another one that went over the upright. Ramos has still been really effective and pretty damn good kicking the football. Just last week, Caleb Jackson took one 60 yards on a kickoff return. When Brian Kelly got hands-on, he made some changes. Bob Diaco comes in. Special teams have been... I don't want to say great, fantastic. They're pretty pretty solid. Last year, when Jane Daniels, around this time, against Auburn, threw for 80 yards. You know, what the funny thing is about that is the next week, there was a team named Florida that Jane Daniels played where he scored five tutties because then Brian Kelly started getting a little bit more hands-on. He was hands-on with the offense all offseason during the spring. You arguably have the best offense in the country. And I don't really think that that is up for debate at this point. But I told you two weeks ago after Missouri, I told you after Ole Miss, what I was begging Brian Kelly to do, begging for Brian Kelly to do, was be more hands-on defensively. I'm here tonight to tell you that he has been. Talking to people up there, I beg him, Coach, you're too freaking good. Brian Kelly is too freaking good of a head coach not to be more hands-on defensively. Pete Jenkins comes in, does some things that he needs to do. Things over the last seven quarters 
have not looked terribly bad. You play two games in Missouri and Auburn, and in those two combined games, when since Brian Kelly has been hands-on, you have less missed tackles in those two games than you hit all of Ole Miss. Actually, you're not even in the double digits yet in missed tackles, even in Missouri, and even technically in Auburn. Pro football focus with that stat. Same goes for recruiting. Same goes for recruiting. A lot can be said about Brian Kelly. He doesn't do this. He doesn't do that. Some of that warrants argument and debate. And I'm not going to say that it doesn't. What I am going to say is, is when the man sees something broken, he normally goes and fixes it. I think he's going to do it again. Recruiting is a nasty business. But I will tell you, do not, do not give up on this recruiting class yet. Because there's going to be changes. There's going to be things that are going to happen where you're going to sit back and say to yourself, oh, shit. Wait, I, I, I know that that guy committed over there, but he's coming over here now? Oh. Be calm, be patient. In a fast food society, that's what our society is. We're a fast food society, and I am one of them, right? Like, I get aggravated when I got to wait in line at a traffic light. Like, somebody, you know, light turns green, and they're not, you know, they, half a second goes by, they're not moving. I'm like, huh, huh. Like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. Calm. Because recruiting is not a fast food society. It is a ribeye steak or, in some cases, for shitty recruiting classes, it could be just, you know, rump roast. Just all depends. Be calm. Because what's going to happen in two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, however long it takes, and you start seeing some things pop, don't come back up in here and saying, hey, man, I told you guys about BK. I told you guys about BK in recruiting. You were at number six literally Monday. <laughs> and you're not going to be far off of that soon, I promise you. All right. <laughs> yes, indeed. We're supposed to have Sal into the show. Let me text him. We got some Army football to talk. We got some Army football to talk. We'll talk about it with him uh, here coming up. So Sal's going to be joining us. We'll get to a couple of these comments before we do get to him. Uh, Rick says Smashville, a.k.a. Nashville's in the house. Go Tigers. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Brandon Reese says, I doubt Dion leaving Colorado after just one year. Yeah, I doubt he does that too. I, I doubt he does this too. Yeah, microwave society. It's what we are. Look, if there's one thing you got to give BK, like we just mentioned, defensively, he's been more hands-on the last two weeks. It's starting to work. Offensively, that's his baby. Jane Daniels might be the best quarterback in the country, and he's been hands-on with him the whole way. I know that Joe Sloan, Mike Denbrock – you know, get a lot of credit, and they deserve it. Don't act like BK ain't been there. Because he's with the quarterbacks, or was with the quarterbacks, until, you know, he started going a little bit more defensively. 99% of the time. And Jaden won't say this publicly, because I don't think BK wants him to. But if you ask Jane Daniels individually, and say, hey, man, tell me the truth. How much has Brian Kelly really meant to your development? He would tell you a, a crap load. Well, in that a crap load. All right. Let's get to our buddy Sal. Black Knight Nation coming to AYS. Looking for him to be joining us. Let's talk about our good friends over the Drake Williams Law Firm, DrakeWilliamsLawFirm.com. Our good friend, Carol Falls over at State Farm. Don't go anywhere. Let's talk a little bit of LSU Army, but let's go talk to someone who covers 
the Army Black Knights. We do that next. Stay with us. Guys, you might know my good friend Carol Falls and all the great service that he provides over at State Farm. He is your good neighbor after all. But did you know State Farm has surprisingly great rates as well? Along with a great neighbor service, State Farm agent Carol Falls has surprisingly great rates for everyone inside the state of Louisiana. So call him today at 985-395-4300, 985-395-4300 for all of those surprisingly great rates on auto, home, and life insurance needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there and individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to the State Farm underwriting requirements. By the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Whether you've been injured in an accident, you're preparing for a future with your estate planning, you're getting ready to close in on a real estate deal, or you're about to welcome a new addition through adoption into your family, or you're facing criminal charges, you need very experienced attorneys, and that is what the Drake Williams Law Firm will be able to do for you in navigating the legal system. The door to their cozy office in historic downtown Ponchatoula has been open since 1981. They have helped thousands and thousands of Louisiana families and individuals win cases, close on real estate deals, and regain that peace of mind. Their lawyers over at the Drake Williams Law Firm, Ernie Drake III, Ryan J. Williams, and Summer Vignair are very determined, compassionate, and dedicated to their craft. It's the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Give them a call today at 985-386-7600. Tell me, good friend Blake Rafino with AYS sent you on by. All right, we're joined by Sal Interdonado. Sal, how are we doing tonight, man? How's it going? Uh oh. I hope we didn't lose him. Hey, Sal, can you hear us? Pooh, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, how are you, Blake? Doing good, Sal. How's it going tonight, man? How, how how's yeah. everything dreaming? Yeah, I'm on a, my my signal's not great, so. Oh, it's all good. We'll try to. We'll, we'll, hopefully, it works for us. Hopefully, it works because I'm, I'm really well, intrigued well, to uh, talk a little Black Knight Nation with you. Talk a little Army Black Knights. Look, I'll start here, Sal. Just give us because look, down in the south, we don't get to lot, watch a lot of Army football games. And it's probably to our detriment to some extent. But tell us a little bit about this season. How's it going? And I know there's been a little quarterback, you know, injury there. Give us an update on that, too. Yeah, well, the season, they're two and four, right? And they beat, you know, Delaware State like they're supposed to. They beat a a pretty decent UTSA team on the road. Uh, 37-29, but their four losses, I mean, they just, I mean, they played a tough schedule, right? These last three, four games now, including LSU, you have, you know, you played uh, Syracuse at Syracuse. You played Boston College and Troy at home. Troy is a really good football team. Right. And then you go to LSU now. They they, we knew, they knew how tough the schedule was going to be to start, but, um, you know, it's been rough. This new offense, this, the gun option, the shotgun going almost every snap, pretty much 99.9% of the snaps from shotgun. They used to be an under center team in the triple option. That's not, you know, it's been a mixed bag, mostly not so good. I mean, in these four losses that they've had, they've scored one offensive touchdown in the first half. I mean, you're not going to win many games doing that. So um, it's been rough. Um, I'll do the quarterback update if you want. Bryson Daly, um, non-contact injury in the second against Troy uh, last week. Uh, they're not giving away too much about Bryson Daly, about his status for the game. Coach Munkin said it's not as bad as they thought. Bryson Daly is a pretty tough guy. If he can play, he'll probably be out there. I don't know the extent of the injury, but if not, true freshman Champ Harris is your quarterback for Army against LSU. A long trip. Right. I think that this game, to some extent, you know, our governor here is a uh, West Point graduate, John Bell Edwards. This game has, you know, a couple of guys in the Army, a couple of guys at West Point that walked on uh, that are part of this team. I think it's really interesting from an LSU perspective to have their first service academy inside of Death Valley. Um, Any talk about the Black Knights heading to Death Valley and and what could be a hostile environment? Black. 
Um, as far as Army's excitement for playing this game, I mean, they really get up for these Power Five games against you know the the, the blue blood, so to speak. They played Michigan at Michigan in recent years. They been to Ohio State, they've been to Wisconsin. And this is a game where you usually get the best from Army. You know, you usually get the best from Army. And they have a couple players from the state of Louisiana. One of their captains, Connor Fanukin, is from Baton Rouge. He played at Catholic High School. He watched games as a kid in Death Valley. He rooted for the uh the Tigers. And now his senior year, he gets to go in there and play against kind of his hometown team. So that's uh that's pretty uh it's pretty. It's pretty. Sp- going to be a pretty special game for Connor Fanukin. They have a couple other guys from Louisiana on their roster. A uh, Miles Stewart, who's a little bit banged up right, right now, hasn't played in the last couple games. But I mean, this is big for Army. This can put Army on the map. A competitive, a competitive game puts Army back on the map for for them this season. So, uh, what do you think about defensively that this team has looked for meaning Army? Yeah, I mean they they're. They've kept the team in the games for the most part. I mean, the most points they, you know, you give up 19 to Troy, one offensive touchdown should probably be in the game. You know, should have right. a chance to win the game. Um, played okay against Boston College, had a good first half against Syracuse. You know, they they, they played well, but sometimes not a complete game. They're going to need, a, obviously, a complete game on Saturday against LSU. Um they got to find ways to put pressure on a the quarterback. They got to find ways to stop the run. This is a team that sometimes gives up over 200 yards on the ground in the game. Um, I know against Boston College and Troy, I believe that happened or pretty close to it. So, I mean, I mean, they got they're a team who will rotate a lot of guys too. They played like probably 25, 30 guys on defense last week. Um, they really like to keep their guys fresh, and that's something that they're going to have to do on Saturday, and they're going to have to get the best out of some of their better players but what they're lacking that they didn't haven't had in the last you know they had Andre Carter in the past they had a Marquell Broughton in the past they need guys to step up and make plays guys like captains like Leo Lone and Jimmy Charlo they gotta get something they gotta get a turnover here they gotta get stops here they gotta just start off well what is your thought about playing one of the best offenses in the country that LSU has been able to put together what are your thoughts on what you've seen from LSU Yeah, I mean, I watched LSU play um, Florida State. Um, I was with friends, and I watched them play Florida State in the first game. And, you know, they, they, they moved the ball around, and maybe it didn't go their way against Florida State, a bounce here, a bounce there. Um, it's a pretty talented team, right? And offensively, man, I don't know if Army's really played a team like this that yet in, in the last five years. They played Wisconsin. Wisconsin is not LSU offensively. Play. you know they, right. they 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 played Oklahoma the last t- team they probably played was Oklahoma and Kyler Murray's last year at Oklahoma um and they had uh, Hollywood Brown they had a really talented uh, <laughs> offensive team that that year at Oklahoma right. and they went to overtime with Oklahoma and Kyler Murray who was you know was a pretty good college quarterback you know so uh, you know, <laughs> only a Heisman winner a lot you know? of guys are probably no one's on that team from yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm a Cardinals fan, so I'm a, I'm a Kyler Murray guy to a point. So, um, yeah, they really haven't fit, seen this talent um, in, in recently. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting. Now, Nate Woody's a pretty good defensive coordinator, he's a pretty good defensive mind. We'll see how it starts off. Like I said, if they can get off to a decent start on offense or defense, then we'll see. But you don't want – I if it gets kind of ugly early, I don't know. I just – I just um, – they're going to be prepared. Are they going to be – are the schemes going to uh, be successful enough to even keep LSU in check? They're going to have to have LSU hurt themselves, like, you know, with a turnover or a fumble or something like that to to help to help Army along on defense, I believe. So, Sal Interdonato, you can follow him on Twitter at Sal Interdonato and BK Night Nation on Twitter, BlackKnightNation.com. A uh, couple more for you here, if you don't mind, Sal. Uh, did you see the end zone that LSU um, did, the camo, all camo LSU? What did you think when you saw that? Uh-oh. Well, I didn't see it, but it's good to hear. I mean, when Army goes on, there will be a lot of fans kind of – believe it or not, I know that I know 
Death Valley will be packed with LSU fans, right? But there will be a lot of people that are in attendance that have a connection to the armed forces, who have a connection to Army, who have a connection to West Point, who will root for Army. I mean, when they played at Oklahoma four or five years ago, they got a standing ovation at the end of the game from the Oklahoma fans for their effort. I mean, there's going to be – you know, it's hard not to root for these guys at Army because of what they go through academically, what they'll do after graduation. So to see that the camouflage end zone and and to to see that they're being kind of respected in that way, it, 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 it does. It, I don't know if it affects Army in the game or not, or or, or the players even notice it during warmups or not. But it, it's it's a nice gesture by LSU. I'm going to ask you. I know this isn't Army, okay, but. It was someone that was in the armed forces that came to LSU last year. Paul Skeens was a guy, I know this is completely random, but Paul Skeens is a guy that came from baseball, from Air Force, and was at LSU, was the number one overall draft pick. Do you think, has the portal, transfer portal from armed services aspect changed some guys leaving? Like, how has that, how has the portal really affected the service academies, if really at all? Yeah, I mean, they have guys who enter the transfer portal on a yearly basis, and uh, some of them have stayed, like Isaiah Austin, their top wide receiver, entered the transfer portal after his sophomore year. He stayed. Tyrell Robinson entered the transfer portal after his sophomore year. He stayed. Quinn Murski um, entered their kicker, entered the transfer portal after his sophomore year. He stayed. I think, I don't know what kind of offers they were getting from other schools. I don't know what their options were, but like for Quinn Moretzky, their kicker, for instance, said that the brotherhood, the Army football brotherhood brought them back. Now they have guys who are playing elsewhere. They have a guy like Anthony Atkins, who was one of their better running backs a few years ago. He's at UCLA now. He's probably third or fourth string on UCLA, but he's a 245, 50-pound running back, you right. know, that fit well into the triple option scheme. Uh, he left West Point, and he, you know, he's over at UCLA. If you Googled West Point, football roster you would find guys from that are on the other fbs teams that have transferred from army they got one per they got a person through the transfer portal this year they got an offensive lineman from central (laughs) michigan kyle kluska his brother tim is at army prep right now as a freshman so that kind of like you know helped out a little bit but they have an offensive lot they got one in the transfer portal they probably lost a you know a handful every year either decide you know sometimes real quick after the the sophomore year at West Point if you enter um, if you go to your first class your junior year you're obligated for the next two years at West Point and the five years of service in the Army after graduation so some of these guys after their sophomore year will say okay you know uh, West Point's not for me um, I don't want to you know seven years is a long time you know I mean right. so I'm gonna put I'm gonna put my name in the transfer portal and try to play elsewhere there is a defensive lineman that was a freshman last year for army uh kamari copeland he was um in the rotation for them probably third string defensive end left the academy is now a juco player and he's getting offers from um some power five schools right now and he's like i saw him post somewhere where he's the number three juco defensive lineman out there right now now in the recruiting class so there is another story guys there but some do left some do leave and go play elsewhere in big time programs so i really do appreciate you joining us man this has been fantastic we appreciate your insight uh, on the black knights tell everybody where they can catch all y'all stuff and what you guys are doing Yeah, absolutely. You can catch uh com is where you can find a lot of our uh, stories, of course. Our Black Knight Nation YouTube channel. Um, we're on Instagram at black underscore night underscore nation. Um, I do a lot of snap count stuff during the week. I'm going to write a story on Connor Fanukin and his kind of homecoming. I'm going to get to that probably by the end of the week. You can check that out on Black Knight Nation. I'll have like uh, snap counts from like the previous game up later today. I do a lot of recruiting stuff. Um, this is a hobby for me. I'm pretty busy with my other jobs. So this is what I kind of do for my uh, keep my writing juices going. I've been covering this team since 2007 on a regular basis, Army. So I really enjoy it. And like I say, it's pretty neat to cover these kids. These kids, these players are unique guys. They're 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 just 
different at West Point. And you, you, I hope that the LSU fans can see that on Saturday and appreciate the effort that these guys gave. And hopefully it'll show a little bit on the scoreboard too. 1,000%, and I do think LSU is going to definitely do that uh, this week with all the stuff that they're doing. Sal, thank you so much, buddy. We'll talk soon, okay? Sounds good. I appreciate I appreciate you having me on, Blake. All right, that's Sal Interdonato. Uh, really good. I thought it was fantastic insight. One thing that, you know, he mentioned – Look, they, you know, they might come in here wanting to play. This is their history and coming into games like this, wanting to play hard. So we'll see. All right. Yes, he's here. Stop. Stop texting the show line. Jesus. 17 texts during the show last night. Bring me Hendrix. Bring me Hendrix. You would think that Jimmy was walking through the building. Christ Almighty. All right, let's talk a little Saints. I I hope I don't get John in trouble. I have verbalized my piss-offness. You know on this show, we're 800 episodes in. I have a scale of 1 to 10 on my piss-off meter. And I will tell you, watching the Texans play, my piss-off meter is at an 8.7. Legendary score. One bite, everybody knows the rules. One sack given up by Trevor Penning. Everybody knows the rules at this point. It goes up a point every time he does something stupid. <laughs> John's not going to come in here. I screwed the pooch. All right, let's get you in next. Let's talk about our good friend Steve Bean over at Bayou Daiquiri's Bayou Bolligo in Covington, Mandeville. Let's get to John Hendricks. Talk some Saints next. Bayou Daiquiri's at Bayou Bowling Go is owned and operated locally by Steve and Lisa Bean. You can find them at 1512 North Highway 190 in Covington, Louisiana. That's 1512 North Highway 190 in Covington. The North Shore's first crawfish drive-thru is about to step it up another notch by bringing you drive through daiquiris as well. You can call in your order today at 985-888-1914. 985-888-1914. Because you know what? Daiquiris and crawfish. It's a Louisiana thing. (laughs) John, I texted you earlier this week and said, emergency, emergency. I had 17 requests for you last night on the show. People are, are aggravated. So John Hendricks, you can follow him on Twitter, at John Jay Hendricks with the X. Buddy, talk me off the ledge of this team because the Saints, it does feel like, are having just big issues. Talk me off the ledge. Sure. Well, I I, I appreciate the love, first of all. I'm also gonna have to start requesting my own entrance music. So like next time maybe the Stone Cold theme. Or what about the what about this? What about this? What about this? What about this? There you go. You I'm like a little anyway, Mike Jones I, in your life? <laughs> of course I know Mike Jones, Who? man. I'm old as dirt. Who? <laughs> Mike Jones. Mike Jones. Uh, yeah. Anyway, right? your own walkout music. Grandma. What song do you want? Oh, you know, we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> I like back then. Back then might be fitting for me. Pretty soon, <laughs> <you know. laughs> Talk me off the ledge, John, because the last... Doesn't stop. Talk me off the ledge. Let Look. I do think that this team is doing some good things. Like, I still think that this yeah. team has – look, we don't get to cover them a lot. We try to talk them as much about Saints as we can, but LSU does stupid things too, and so, you know, shit gets crazy. But the bottom line comes – I look at them in the red zone. We talked about this off air. And I look at this defense in the red zone. They're not good at times at converting and stopping at times, statistically speaking. Is, is it as simple as fixing some small things offensively and defensively, or am I crazy? No, I, I think it's spot on. So I think the biggest thing, let's start with the offense, because that's the really the big thing. Because what I will say against the Texans is they did a really piss-poor job in the first half, and they rallied behind DA's challenge in the second half, and they played lights out. Did everything they were supposed to. And I think this defense has carried this team now for several years, and it's kind of tiring for a lot of those guys, right? But the offense, 
speaking about the red zone so i put up the stat this week they're seven and 19 right now and so people at home that means they have seven touchdowns and 19 trips now i take one out of those because that's at the end of the game against the titans they did a kneel down that doesn't matter as of right now i just put an article out talking about the red zone saints.media small little plug detailing all the red zone stuff that you need to know they've left 53 points on the table this year right now in the red zone so it's tough and so i say all that to say consistency execution are the two biggest things that they have to do the first one is execution but that comes from communication and knowing the assignments knowing the details of course it's play calling but and i know people are going to ask and call for blood this is not just a pete carmichael jr problem this is not just a Derek Carr problem. This is not just a Chris Olave problem. This entire offense, the offensive line, the cadence they play with, the, the penalties they get when they get in the red zone, for whatever reason, that seems to be their Achilles heel. Because, look, against Houston, when I did my film rewatch today, which is also out there, I thought I saw some really good things from this offense. Like, Chris Olave has been taking a lot of heat, but you can't blame the guy when the throw is way over or he's not getting the communication, right? Yeah, the, I mean, the, there's just no way he can do it. The run pass, I mean, they say he slowed down. Uh, it's an uncatchable ball. That's why he slowed down. Yeah. Right? I mean. Yeah, and I think, yeah, and I think some of the, 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 here's what's maddening about it. So one of the sequences they have that's inside the red zone, this is when they went for it on fourth down. So you get the first run with Alvin Kamara, picks up about eight or nine yards, Right. Second down, they lose some yards. Third down, they try running it again, and they just aren't able to punch it in. Then they go into the flats with Kamara, trying to go for it on fourth down. That never had a chance. That's the type of stuff. Now, I don't think that the play call necessarily is wrong, but you got to either check out of that. You need to look at it because you had Taysom and you had Mike up top, I believe. is who it, You definitely Taysom. But you had some other options. And, you know, uh, the end of the sequence game – that's what's so maddening. And again, if you look at everything on the table with this team, if they execute at half, 50%, they're they're 5 and 2, you know, 5 and 1 or they're 4 and 2, right? And so at that's At worst the hard they're part. 4 and 2, John. At worst. At absolute worst. Right. Yeah, and and the fact is their red zone offense right now is 28th in the league. And I think that's the the problem. That is the issue with this team. I think defensively they're they're doing okay, but the delta between the offense in this NFL standard, it's about 16%. NFL is converting about 53, 54% is what I, I looked at on it. It's all up there. I don't know the numbers off my top of my head. Sorry, I'm not Rain Man. But, you know, I, again, it's just subpar. The defense in the red zone, not as bad. But, you know, again, they, they do a lot of the bend, don't break stuff. I just didn't like what I saw in the first half defensively from the Texans. Second half, lights out except for that one big play that put them inside the 10. But, you know, the offense, to me, they've got to figure this out. The offensive line is is hobbled and beat up. And I was on your show and told you it was a matter of when and not if they were going to deal with injuries. And this is what we're dealing with right now. And it's a, a nightmare and a half. You did. And I know it was a big talking point that you and I had. Can I, So, look, more than maybe this is the fan coming out in me and not taking it as someone to try to cover a team. The DA, Carmichael, the team, everybody's saying it's a lack of communication. This is why it's maddening for me. Outside of Derek Carr, everybody's been there, right? Like, <clears throat> relatively speaking. So, are you – the way that I took that was, hey, that's a car issue. That's not a my issue. And I felt like he got thrown under the bus. Maybe, John, I'm reading way too much into that, okay? But I'm sitting here saying to myself, like, hey, man, I'm old enough to remember Drew had his issues with Carmichael calling plays. And he's a first ballot dude. So what is the lack of communication that they're missing? Because like you just mentioned, checking a ball down to Kamara on fourth down is not a communication issue. It's a, hey, you ran a three-man route issue, and that was the only one open issue. So am I wrong in being pissed off about the communication part? Well, I think some of it's valid, but you, here's where I, I i don't say pushback, but think about this. No, pushback. You Rashid, know, she, <laughs> No, 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 it's not pushback. I would say even this. Rashid Shaheed, Chris Olave, this is their second year in the offense, right? Okay, so they're kind of the newer pieces. Trevor Penning didn't play last year, really. I mean, not at all. I mean, you count the one game or whatever. 
he's kind of green when it comes to the left tackle position. And again, I'm not making excuses for these guys. You do have some new faces, Foster Moreau, Jimmy Graham coming back. I mean, it might be the same style offense of the guys who've been here that might know this offense. I chalk that up to Mike Alvin and probably Keith Kirkwood at this point. That's probably the three that know this offense, know the ins and outs of how Pete Carmichael works and all that other stuff. I just think that that's where it's at. Now, that's not saying that everybody knows. I say it, they can execute and know it to a T, right? And so for the other guys, some of them are newer, some of them you just haven't been here, and some of them have been and learning some things. I mean, this goes down to, to everybody. And I think when you look at guys like DeMario talking about the sacrifice and things that they're – trying to rally up in their locker room, which I will say this locker room is not lost. This locker room is not at a point. I mean, even last year, I told you that they were never in the spot where this was going to be ugly. And you're never going to see this team throw people under the bus publicly or anything like that. There are going to be some tough conversations behind closed doors and we're never going to hear about that. Right. That's just how they operate as a team. But there is some, some gut checks. There's some things to look in the mirror because again, when you are at a facility, you get a choice like today is treated as a Friday. When practice is over, you can roll out by 1, 1.30, right? I mean, that's the thing. It's those guys who stay the extra time, like a DeMario, like a Cam, like an Alvin, a Mike Thomas, all these guys, and put in 30 minutes extra in the weight room, 30 minutes extra in the film room, 30 minutes doing this or that. That's the type of thing that I think they're missing from some of the guys. And I'm not telling you that that's not what they're doing. But I think that's what makes DeMario, DeMario, Cam, Cam, Alvin, Alvin, Mike, Mike, all these other guys, Eric McCoy, Eric McCoy. I think that's some of the difference. And so I think they've got to lean and challenge these younger guys because they're counting on these younger guys and they're not getting the job done on a consistent basis. And I think that's why you're seeing the miscommunications, the lack of execution, the consistency is what drives me mad is you don't see a consistent product week after week, drive after drive. It's just not there. I got to admit something. I did go play Madden after the game, and the score at halftime was Saints 49, Houston 3. Just want to throw that out there because I – and by the way, Alvin had a special teams touchdown. He had a passing receiving touchdown, and he had a rushing touchdown. Just throwing that out there. I'm not saying that I should call plays, but I'm I'm just saying. All right, Cody. Sends a 499 Super Chat. He says, Dennis Allen is 21 and 50 as a head coach through five seasons. I don't think he's a good head coach, or but a good DC. Is that concerning for Saints fans? Um, <clears throat> thank you, Cody, for the Super Chat. Is the heat turning up on Dennis? I don't think it is. I don't think it is at all. And, and what I would say is the optics from the outside looking in are what they are for fans. But I'm going to tell you, these players like playing for Dennis Allen. They do. It's not just defensive players. They like playing for Dennis Allen. They love him as a coach. I mean, there are certain things. I think last year was a little bit tough because you had a lot of Sean Payton's carryovers and leftovers here, and it wasn't able to imprint his own type of style and things. But that's the thing, and that's why this has to work, is because you've got your coaches, you've got your players, you're running this entire thing. So for you to come out and be 3-3 three and three right now, that's tough. And if you don't make the playoffs, then I think the pressure cooker goes up from a one to a 20, right? Because if you miss the playoffs and you got all these things that you've done, you're wasting potentially your last year with Michael Thomas. Cam Jordan's only playing for another couple of years. DeMario's getting older and such. I mean, you're just wasting some of these guys and their opportunity. If you're not serious and you're not going to be competing and if you're not going to throw up anything better than a seven and 10 record, Trade these guys and let them go try to get a ring. That's the biggest thing. And so I don't think the pressure's there, but I understand the optics. I understand that he wasn't good in Oakland. And But, you know, I'd also say Oakland is a dumpster fire organization. So whether yeah. you want to know that or if you heard of that or not, they're not a really well-ran uh, well organization. And so I could understand that and bite that. But, you know, here in New Orleans, you are expected to win. There is a standard that they're mm-hmm. held to. And, and look, I think DA has communicated that message. I just think really for fans where the rubber meets the road is you're tired of hearing the same things and not seeing any, you know, change, right? It has to be better. It starts with me. We've got to be better. We got to do this. I got to do a better job. Like at some point, the words that you keep hearing every week, it's got to actually show up on the field because then that's what raises extra questions from fans because 
they're like, well, you're saying all the things. And that's why I always tell people, I was like, right now, talk is cheap. Just go out there and execute, do your job, improve. You don't have to be 100% in the red zone like you were in New England. Just be 66%. Be half. You got a chance right. to win this game. But any team right now that's playing the New Orleans Saints, if you get to 20 or 21, you feel really good about winning this game right now. Jacksonville, <clears throat> both tackles are out. I, I, I saw that you you put that out there. There, I, I talked to a buddy of mine who, look, he he's covered. He's been in Jacksonville 17 years. He does not know how good Trevor Lawrence is at this point. He knows he's he's hearing what he's hearing, but he goes, man, I, I mean, he, he, you know. Well, I saw the video of him today, John, and he's, he's you know, rolling out and he's limping, you know, and I'm like, uh-oh, that, that don't look good. Let's look at this game. Look, if there is a game that you could try to come and bounce back – off of a Thursday night short week. How do you feel about this week with the Jags? Yeah, I think this is the start of a string, right? You've got four games on the plate right now. It starts with Jacksonville, but you have been giving opportunities on a silver platter. And what I mean by that is Trevor Lawrence is hurt with a knee injury. That's one of his bread and butter things. One of the things that's been maddening is guys like Jordan Love, Baker Mayfield, CJ Stroud. They're able to escape that pressure, extend the play, and that's what happens with the Saints defense when you can't get to the pressure home mm-hmm. on them. And look, they were able to get on duck some this of those, week, John. But He's a sitting duck this week. Yeah, he is a sitting duck, and that's where I think it's going to hurt him. And so C.J. Beathard, if he does come in the game, they're going to have a more vertical style of passing attack. So I would expect Trevor Lawrence to a lot, do a lot of dink and dunk up the field. I think that's just where it's going to be. It's the short game. Don't let him get hit. Just try to work your way up the field, put some points up on the board. It's not going to be a really crazy formula. But I say I do believe that it starts here. You've got a Indianapolis team that doesn't have Anthony Richardson. You're playing Gardner Minshew. Then you're probably not going to play against Justin Fields. Then you got a Minnesota Vikings team that is atrocious and is probably not going to have Justin Jefferson. And they could be in tank mode, I guess, in some aspects. They're just not playing good football. You could go 4-0, and if they go 4-0, I get some people are going to be like, well, the, all the things I just mentioned, that's why you won four games. It doesn't matter at this point. If you're 7-3 and three out of this break, you're feeling good about things. But, again, execution, getting better in the red zone, doing all those types of things, I think if they fix that, because, again, I was encouraged by a lot of things I saw on film. They were running the ball pretty well. They were doing things in the passing game that looked good. Again, I, I just saw the movement and the yardage and all those things, and it wasn't just a it's garbage time or anything because the game was close, right? And so they put up almost 200 yards in the first half. But I feel good about some of the building blocks there, but they've got to put it together at some point. And the thing is it cannot come in week 12 when you're having to fight, claw your way for wins, and then you have to wait and, and wait on – X team and Y team to lose games so you can advance and try to get in the postseason. They just don't get that kind of luck. I thought about this. This is from Andrew Paul's Hub Martin. He said, Trevor's only two collegiate losses came in the dome, John. Well, let me give you a stat that's going to. Oh, shit. Don't don't hurt me, but give it to me. What is it? What is it? The Saints Saints have won four straight against the Jaguars. So there's your (laughs) counterpoint. So they're five and two lifetime. They've won four straight against Jacksonville. So something's going to break, right? Something's going to break. But I do think it's a big game for. I talked to the ATN family, you know, this week. I think it's Mm, a big big game for them. So it's always interesting. John, I kept you a little over. Thank you so much, buddy, for joining us. Um, I'm glad that we were able to have this talk because, man, it is it is maddening, and it's not it's not it's never maddening in between the twenties. But once <laughs> once they pass that twenty yard line, it starts getting maddening. Thank you, buddy, for joining us. Tell everybody where they can find your stuff. Yeah, just go to Saints.media. That's probably the easiest way to keep up with everything. And look, I will say this. If they lose this game on Thursday night, tomorrow, I think it's going to be a little bit different of a mood. I know they're going to have the mini buy, but at the same time, if they go in and they lose and they don't are still not able to execute, I feel like something could, I don't say it's going to get out of hand, but there are going to be some emotions that they're going to probably just boil over because I think this is a short week. A lot of these players are ready to play tomorrow. And I've said this, I've seen it all week from the players that they're, in a way, pissed off. And I think the Green Bay Packers game was a, a reality check, a wake-up call for this team. I think the Texans game for them, for them was kind of rock bottom. And so we're going to see what they're made of, and we're going to see how they respond because this is the time that you fix this crap now, 
and it shows that strength of schedule doesn't mean anything. Hopefully everybody understands that too. I never really bought too much in strength of schedule, but the pressure's on them to perform in the dome when, uh, look, fans are going to be very, very um, impatient if they start seeing a product that doesn't look good to start. Yeah, and, and, and John, just last point here too. Look, I don't know. I, I'm going to let this game play out. I did get – I look, I gave it to Minnesota, and I said, listen, I, I might have my differences with DA, but – you got to win Thursday, man. You got to win. It's a, it, it, And you're still like bet online, Caesars, MGM, all of them have the Saints still winning the division. Okay? Like they're 88% yeah. chance of winning the division, even though, look, the Bucks have, you know, if Baker Mayfield, if Baker Mayfield is a quarterback that wins this division, I swear to God, I'm going to throw something. Just throwing that out there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it, I think the wheels will come off there. And I look, we previewed it on your show too. I told you I would never bought Carolina. I thought Atlanta was interesting. I think Tampa was like it's only going to be a matter before Kyle Trask gets talked about at some point. I just think that it's it's gonna it's gonna blow up in their face at some point. And Atlanta, I, I, they're interesting, but it's, it really is the Saints' division to lose. And the thing hey, is, they've been able to distance that... himself. And they can't. So that's the maddening part if you're a fan is like, man, you have these opportunities. You cannot capitalize on them. That front seven in Atlanta, I keep telling people, don't don't stat, don't stat watch them. You better go watch them on yeah. film. Thank you so much, buddy. We'll talk soon. All right. Thanks. Appreciate you having me. That's John Hendricks. Always fantastic. You wanted him. You got him. Our dude. Always fantastic. All right. We're out of here. We'll see you all tomorrow, guys. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.